The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days for Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they, en- they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, let the dead bury their dead. But you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what is left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. So this week as I was preparing These readings, I was reminded of this retreat that I went on in college. And it was my sophomore year at West Point. And so basically I had to decide whether I was going to go to class during my junior year or not. Because at Military Academy, if you go to your first class on your junior year, then you're committed to the next two academic years and five years of active duty service. So if you want to quit, you have to quit before junior year starts. And so it's sophomore year, and I'm on this retreat, and I start really feeling that our Lord is calling me to the priesthood. And I go into chapel late at night. I'm praying there, and I pull out the Bible, and I just open it up to a random page and stuck my finger on the page. It was a passage from the book of Sirach that says, Delay not your conversion to the Lord. And I was like, crap. (laughs) It actually struck me very deeply. And I remember going to the chaplain who was running the retreat and saying, chaplain, chaplain, I was in chapel last night and I was praying and I opened up the Bible and this was the passage. And he sort of just looked at me and said, huh, that was it. And so inevitably I did 
Nothing with that. I stayed at Military Academy. I still had a lot of, you know, desire to graduate and, uh, and serve in the Army. And it was another five years until I went to the seminary. But that passage and that experience always sticks in me. You know, for a long time, I would feel that I had abandoned our Lord at that time. And maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But the important thing is that our Lord is always waiting to intervene in our life. And in that moment in which he intervenes in our life, he calls us not to delay our conversion. He calls us not to delay our conversion. To respond to him in freedom. You know, at that period of my life, I didn't actually have a lot of freedom to respond. There were various constraints that were put on me. I had a lot of pressure to be sort of the first member of my family to graduate from college. I had some other internal challenges going on. And I wasn't really free to make that decision. Because I really hadn't yet had a deeper conversion. And in the second letter to the, that St. Paul writes to the Galatians, he says, brothers and sisters, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Right? For freedom, Christ has set us free. And what is that freedom for? It's not to choose licentiousness. It's not freedom to do whatever we want, but it's freedom to love completely. It's the freedom of children of God. The freedom of children of God. The freedom to choose our Lord in each moment of our lives. That is the freedom that our Lord has given to us. That is why our Lord died on the cross for us, so that we could choose him and love him in response to his love for us. And he wants that choice to be completely free on our part. Because we're not slaves. We're not under the law. We are children of light, as we prayed in the opening prayer for today's Mass. And so the question all of us can ask ourselves this week is, how free am I? Like, am I really free in the way that I love our Lord? Or do I kind of operate like a slave? Or do I kind of operate like I'm under constraint? In the first reading, Elijah goes to Elisha, and the Lord tells Elijah, I want you to go and anoint Elisha to be the prophet who succeeds you. So Elijah goes up to this random person, throws his mantle over him, and then he kind of goes on. Elisha runs after him. And he says, please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I'll follow you. Let me take care of these things, and then I'll follow you. I'm not quite ready yet. Delay my conversion. And Elijah says this really interesting thing to him. He says, go back. Have I done anything to you? 
And thinking about this from Alicia's point of view, Alicia must have been thinking, well, yeah, you threw your mantle over my shoulders. But Elijah is pointing out to him that it was not Elijah. It wasn't about a relationship with Elijah. It was about a relationship with the Lord. It's the Lord who called Elisha. And Elijah wants him to be able to respond in freedom. You can do whatever you want. The Lord's called you. You can do whatever you want. When Elisha realizes this, he goes and burns everything and follows him. He follows him out of freedom. And so how free are we? One of the questions we might ask ourselves is, how many of us around Friday thought to ourselves, well, I'm going to have to go to Mass this weekend, so when am I going to get it in? As opposed to, all right, I get to go to Mass this weekend. When am I going to go? It's kind of a question. If there's two people, say one of them is a cradle Catholic, and they've never missed Mass before, but every week they're sort of like, uh, I have to go to Mass. There's another one who's been away from the church for 10 years, and he sort of the weekend approaches, and he says, I think I'm going to Mass this weekend. Which one's more free? Because we often operate out of constraints and we're not really free in that. We're not always free in that. It's like a wife who goes to her husband, honey, will you take out the trash? He thinks to himself, well, if I don't take out the trash, I'm going to hear about it for three weeks, so I better take out the trash. It's not exactly free, as opposed to, of course I'm going to do that for you, because I love you. Or children, when your parents say, will you clear the table after dinner? And you're like, oh, I guess. As opposed to, yes, I want to clear the table after dinner. Because you've asked me to, and because I love you, and because of everything that you do for me, mom and dad. There's more freedom in the second one. Living a disciplined life and going to bed on time. There's more freedom in somebody who goes to bed on time every single day than the person who says, okay, I gotta get to bed early tonight. Just gonna watch one more episode on Netflix. A lot of us fall into that distraction. Or how free are we if we feel bound to answer every single text message that comes across our phone within three seconds? Or how free are we if every single Facebook notification that comes across our phone we have to open up and read? Or every single email when we get home from work, how free are we? We live in a society that's just reinforcing constraints on us. And many of us feel that things are pulling us in every direction and we're constantly responding 
And we're not responding out of freedom, we're responding out of obligation. The danger of that is every relationship becomes an obligation. Marriages, our relationship with our Lord. It's a good thing that the church has certain things that we're supposed to do or that we have to do under the penalty of sin, but those things are there in order for us to grow that kind of freedom in our hearts. In the gospel reading, it says that when the time for Jesus to be taken up was fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, which means he sort of set his face toward Jerusalem. And when he was doing that, he was setting his face toward his death. And he knew that's where he was going. And he did it in freedom. Our Lord's life wasn't taken from him. He laid it down freely because he was responding to the Father. And the same thing applies in our own lives. This hour isn't taken away from us. We give it freely when we come to worship. My time isn't taken from me by my children. I give it to them freely. My time isn't taken from me by my spouse. I've given it to them freely, and I continue to give it to them freely because I love them. That is the love that our Lord has called us to. St. Paul says, Do not use this freedom as an opportunity, but rather serve one another through love. That's the vocation that we're all called to. And it all began with our Lord calling us to himself, with our Lord's free choice to give his life for us. And the gift of his grace, which transforms our hearts, that we truly may be his children. And so today, let us pray for a greater freedom in our own hearts. That our Lord will break whatever is binding us. Whether we're tied too much to our past, tied too much to our jobs, tied too much to our world, tied too much to the internet, tied too much to other compulsive behaviors, that our Lord will break those that we may truly love more freely, that we may only be tied to Christ in a bond of love, and that his love may overflow and be reflected in us, that his light may be reflected in us in our families, in our parish, and in our community.